Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. In this episode, I will ask you to think about how do you bond with potential romantic partners? When I was young, my mother said to me that not one person can satisfy every need or desire we have. She referenced a play in which the female lead had five partners, one partner who satisfied her need for security, one partner who satisfied her need for art and theater, one partner to be a father to her children, one to satisfy her sexual desires, and one to confide in and share her deepest thoughts and feelings. I bought that story as gospel without question. It's utter bullshit, and here's why. You are one person with the bandwidth for play and intensity and passion and rest in so many ways. Your mind is brilliant. You have the ability to create and feel financial security. You are moved by the arts, and you're committed to raising children with love and respect. And you have interest in deep conversation. Are you the only person who has the capacity to hold all of these traits and roles? Of course not. There are degrees of bonding and satisfaction in every relationship, but completely eliminating one or more layers to bonding is called settling. Each partner will come with strengths and ways to enrich your life. Each partner will in turn be enriched by you and your strengths. The point is to not tell yourself a story that wanting a financially stable partner who likes to be outside, cuddles puppies, and knows where your clitoris is located is being greedy. It is not being greedy and it is not unrealistic. You exist. Romantic partners who share all of the layers of bonding are out there. Let's break down some of the ways that we bond with others. This is basically my beyond the list list. Okay, so the first is physically or materially. Not sexually, that comes later on in my list, but physical appearance. This is the most superficial of my categories, but there are some really cool clues in here. If your list includes things like beard, fit, someone with a boat, ask yourself, Why do each of these things matter to you? Why does the image matter? Does a beard represent the rugged masculine? Does the boat mean a person loves the outdoor life like you do? Does dating a doctor or a lawyer mean security and respect? Does it mean they have ambition or perseverance? 
Ask yourself why and then try to open to the qualities that these represent and not the image. Something I've found when speaking to people unhappy in the dating world is that they lament being valued for their looks or their money or their image, but these are the very qualities they sort of pitched themselves with. You don't need to hide your money or your beauty or your degrees, but just ask yourself if you're selling yourself with them. This will feel sort of crunchy and false when you do. It will feel in your body like either a push or a withholding. Just get curious. Try to let go of the picture or the image of your ideal partner and focus on what is under that preference. Number two is intellectual bonding. I have leaned heavy on intellectual bonding. When asked by anyone what my type is, I say, oh yeah, I absolutely have a type and it's smart. While this is true, I remind myself now to use intellectual bonding not as a way to impress, but as a way to connect and to open to others, to be inspired and to inspire. I think of it as the difference between two humans bringing ingredients, cooking in a warm, ambient space, and creating something tasty together versus each one just plunking down an edible offering on the table. The first is magic, and the second is sort of mental peacocking. Raise your hand if you are guilty of this, but not if you're listening in the car. Podcast smile. Okay, number three is interests. Shared interests are a fantastic way to meet potential partners. If you meet someone bowling, you know that they share the pleasure of pins scattering through the force of the ball, and this is something that you'll enjoy together in your free time. Interests are fantastic to share, and they are also fantastic to have individually. Just know if you'll be okay with a couch potato partner if you're the kind of person who's checking off mountain peaks to summit. And will a couch potato be okay with being left behind two weekends of every month while you climb? Sharing your passions with a new partner helps you bond. Someone teaching me something is incredibly hot. Me showing someone how to sculpt or propagate plants can be a very tender way to bond. Number four is lifestyle. Are you a city mouse or a country mouse? Is religion important to you? Messy freak or clean freak? What do you do in your free time? What is your parenting style? Differences here can work, but usually not when the differences are pretty extreme. A 420-friendly vegan who practices yoga at dawn and gentle parenting may not blend with a woman who is a carnivore, sleeps until noon, and throws things at her children to wake them up. Just know that if you're in this for a soulmate, your souls will need to align mostly. After the initial infatuation wanes, you'll want to look at your romantic partner with admiration and respect, and picking on someone for who they are is very unfair, so don't move forward with someone whose lifestyle you will not be able to tolerate. Number five, emotional bonding. I want to write just one sentence here, and that is this one. Is this person someone with whom you can relate to from your true self? To expand on that just a bit, because of course me, are they on a similar path of authentic connection and growth? Do they connect to their emotions? Are they conscious of what wounds they have? Are they willing to share these wounds? 
Do they value communication on this deep level? Are they willing to offer your wounds care? It has been my experience as a coach and as a lover that the people who are brave enough to tell the truth about their emotions are the most fun, the most playful, and the most joyful in life. It's not really about how someone makes you feel so much as how they connect with their own emotions and how they connect to you as an emotional being. If everything difficult is called drama, well then you have someone who is not comfortable with emotion. That's okay if you aren't either, but if you're listening to this podcast, probably important to you. Number six, creativity and sex. I put these together because they both come from the sacral, and the sacral is passionate. When I was in my late teens and not yet sexually active, an older co-worker who I idolized was regaling me with the tale of her last night's date. He doesn't dance, she pouted, and if you can't dance, you can't diddle. I still chuckle at that 21-year-old wisdom. Passion, music, art, cooking, singing, fixing things, sex. Are they passionate about something? Do they light up? Do you light up? Do you light up together? Does it matter to you if music moves them to tears? Does it matter if it's the same kind of music? Do they want you to understand how much touch is like breath to their well-being? Do you match in your desire for things of passion, for sex? Bonding sexually is often slower to roll out than the other categories. People may need a lot of feelings of safety, and then passion can roar into play. Sometimes the roar comes first and everything else is blotted out. New partners can share passion in varying degrees, but if you're not feeling the sexual chemistry fairly early on, this is harder to alchemize than lead to gold. You can usually get sexual passion back with someone, but it is very hard to will it into existence. If, as an individual, you are not ever sexually attracted to anyone, nor do you feel desire in that way, this is worth getting coaching or therapy around. Not for a partnership, but just for your health and your wholeness. Adding sexuality to your life adds a vibrancy to your life. I'm going to add spirituality to this list, even though I put religion in the lifestyle category. I was once a proud atheist. I was also a pretty unhappy, rather lost atheist. The more I endeavor to know myself and love myself, the more I feel pulled towards spirituality and the divine. Having someone who would shut that down wouldn't be a good fit. Having someone who is annoyed by this quality or begrudges any time that I spend growing into this would also not be a good fit. In other words, know how important this is to each of you. My mom was very religious and my stepfather an atheist. With mutual respect and understanding, they navigated that polarity beautifully. Give all of these areas some thought when deciding to move forward with someone. More than thought, really take a few moments to visualize living with someone in partnership who has contrast in one or all of these areas. Find out how important it is. Do a body scan after visualizing. Is there any piece of your body that is contracting? Is there a tension, a knot, a sick feeling, or even a small twitch? What is that body piece telling you? Knowing how you bond 
is crucial to relationship success. Ignoring it in the dating phase is setting you up for relationship problems later. Knowing that you can have connection with another human on every single level is key. Don't buy into the idea that you need to settle for just one area. You get to have connection at every level and you get to decide how important each is to you, as does your romantic partner. I wish you happy bonding. You are loved by me. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.